It is time to tune up the band and spend an obscene amount of money on Pyro, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Good afternoon, chaps. How are we all doing, even though I know the answer to that? Uh, I am we're doing... We're all going for it, aren't we? Yes. It has been a... We have had a little bit of a change here at the Sweet Chinwag. <laughs> Yeah. Good, good listeners. Due to a variety of domino effects that has led us all to be at the point where we are. Mm-hmm. Basically, the world said no fun, and we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, literally, it was that. Yes. And then some. <laughs> so no, it was a weird. T- it was a weird turnaround of of circumstances. Um. Uh, just kind of like the long and short of it, we were originally supposed to be scheduled as the match sponsor for Sporting Club Thamesmead uh, this weekend. But unfortunately, that game was postponed by the league due to, uh, I think it was one of the officials, wasn't it, that unfortunately tested yeah. positive? Um, yes. And so that was like, oh, God, what do we do now? And basically, it was just like, you know what? All of the plans that we had before on this day, we're all just going to go off and do that now. <laughs> Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so we're all just a little bit tired, maybe a little bit lethargic, a little bit there. So it's going to be a lax episode, I reckon. A bit slow for yeah. most of us, I am for, for me especially. For, yeah, I was going to say, fortunately for these guys, I can't talk as much, so. Hey, <laughs> that's... No, no, that's unfortunately, because <laughs> you, vo- you are the voice of reason and the voice of news, Dan. That is true. As I always say, if there's a place where I'm the voice of reason, we need to have reconsideration. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, so we give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and for ever-pending other platforms, especially during this festive season. Indeed, indeed. All we want for Christmas here at the Sweet Chinwag Podcast is to be pending. But surprise, we're always pending and always will be. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> no, sorry, it's the gift that keeps on pending, I should say. Yes. <laughs> now you've now you got the galaxy brain a ticking. <laughs> oh, so before we get on to this nice little casual episode, talking about our favourite and least favourite pay-per-view stages throughout the history of professional wrestling. we got a lot of news to cover this week. Some good, some bad. Um, but let's get straight on to it. So let's visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. <laughs> oh. So let's get straight into it. Uh, should we start with... What do we want to start with? Do we want to start with WWE? Let's start with WWE. Let's start with the Fed. Uh, Yeah, let's let's start with the E. And uh, again, I'll be honest, I haven't really been following up with a whole lot um, (laughs) recently. It's been very... um, Quiet, to be honest. It's been a very uh, eventful week, per se, in regards to NXT for me. Um, yeah, I went and watched NXT, and it was the farewell of Johnny Gargano, um, and quite an emotional one as well, uh, per se. Um, I mean, to be honest, at this point, when it comes to people who are NXT, I think 
Like, and it is the one, really. He's the heart and soul of NXT, as they love, as they lovingly say, and that I think that couldn't be any more truer. I don't um, think there is anyone that is more him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Johnny Gargano a, a mm. lot because he really was quite. That, well, he was, for, for, for all intents and purposes, he was one of the best parts of NXT for a good couple of years there. Um, he did put on some incredible matches in takeovers. His trilogy of matches with Champa was, I think, will always stand the test of time. And if you ask me, should have ended there. Uh, but, you know, yeah. as Triple H, you know, always always has too much of a good thing. Always has too much of a good thing. Um, he had an amazing match with Andrade. Amazing takeover match with Adam Cole for the NXT title. Yeah. The dude's had amazing matches. He's had great moments. And uh, it's going to be weird not seeing him there anymore. Because from from what we know, uh, according to reports, Johnny uh, Gargano is, uh, is absolutely a free agent now. He is... Well, consider- considering he's relaunched his Twitch and he's got a store on PWTs, I can't imagine he's exactly with WWE anymore. <laughs> uh, I think he's got his priorities straight as well, uh, considering oh, yeah. that it's like, I, I want to go and be a dad for a bit. He's perfectly reasonable, and I hope he has plenty of fun yeah. with his children. Oh, he- you could definitely tell. he's He is right. He is an overgrown kid, and he will absolutely be the best dad. You could tell he could possibly the most fun he's dad fun, you could he's have. Fun dad. Yeah. A, a a guy who's still obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Marvel Comics, and Power Rangers. Yeah, he's gonna be a he's gonna be an awesome dad. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> uh, it's also the last night for Kylo Riley. Um, mm-hmm. in a. I don't know why they. Uh, it's weird how they're trying to push Von Wagner as this very big deal. When I feel a lot of people have said this as well, he is the most generic big man I have ever seen. He is basically. It's almost like. Now <laughs> bear with me on this. I said that this might be a problem when they move towards their plan of bringing people in and training them in the PC and only in the PC. Hmm. It's almost like, it's... again, bear with me on this, it creates an incredibly homogenous environment. Yeah. Like, I've never known a person who looks more like a creator wrestler than Von Wagner. It is almost <laughs> like, and bear with me on this, <laughs> <laughs> That making people fit a distinct mold and only allowing them to exist in that mold is a bad thing. <laughs> oh, well, at least he's got the gimmick of folding his arms and standing brooding over Adam Pearce on SmackDown. At least he's got that for himself. I did think it was hilarious, though, that for like what feels like the first time in forever in WWE, someone attempted to attack someone and do a turn and then failed. <laughs> yes. Yes, and why? And I was going to say, there's a part of me. It's like, why were people booing Kyle O'Reilly? He was in every right to do that because Von Wagner yeah. was going to be doing the heel turn and turning like, on Kyle O'Reilly. They're like, why are you? I'm like, why are you booing him? That man just tried to attack another man unprovoked. <laughs> <laughs> what do you just see a guy assault someone in the street and you're like, yeah? 
So I guess with all this now, the question, uh, the question uh, for me, and I guess I pose to you two as well, is where do you see the pair of them uh, going in 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 the wider wrestling world? Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, for Gargano, it just depends what he decides he wants to do. Mm. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not going to be here and pretend anything like either one of them are not a perfect fit for AEW, and that's literally just because they are perfect fits. Yeah. They both work the style and have the and have the sets of presentation that both of them would fit, like, directly into the company. Hmm. Um, obviously, PWG does still exist, which was a regular horn for Gargano. Yeah. Although again, my my views on PWG are shaped by uh, this year's occurrences. Oh yeah, no, agreed. Um, and obviously, it's not outside the realms of possibility that Kyler Ray could just decide, "Hey, I'm just going to go to Japan or whatever." Like mm. it's entirely real. Um, I don't know. Depending on the direction, some other companies could take. Um, could perhaps could perhaps influence it, but. Again, with ROH being effectively out of the picture. Mm. Um, I really kind of just see either... I mean, Yeah, for, for Kyle O'Reilly, I would guess maybe AEW, maybe running back Redragon with Bobby Fish. Yeah, there's a part of me that's like... I love... Oh, the... Well, I do say could he could do New Japan Strong. He could do New Japan Strong. I like that there, there is always that possibility of the ongoing storyline of wherever Adam Cole goes, I will be following and I will always kick your head in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I love that prospect. <laughs> it's just that throughout no, their entire I mean, careers, like, Kyle O'Reilly's been the one true constant. Just, like, if you just want to just run it back and just be like, okay, well, here's... Here's Bobby... Here's... Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, here's the Young Bucks. Yeah. Pick a side. I guess that could make a pretty good premise for like a blood and guts match. I reckon really? it could. Absolutely. Because we already know we are war game specialists, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think with how. Um wrestling is at the moment i think the world's their oyster in regards of where they uh, of where they uh would would they well where they would like to go um well, really, i would love it. to see johnny you know he could definitely rock up in gcw and make a massive impact i mean could you yeah. imagine if he appeared at the hammerstein ballroom show that's crazy that would be nuts i could but i could definitely see it happening could definitely see that happening for sure. funny when I think about it now, and I actually think in, in actual terms of scale, GCW probably is the fourth company. I mean, when yeah, I mean, I mean, look at look at it this way now. I mean, if you want to make the comparison to if if you dare want to make the comparison to what it was like in the nineties heyday, GCW really does feel like the ECW of its time. Oh well, yeah, it, well I, I think it's fair to say it is. Hmm. 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 Let me think on that. 
Uh, it's it's an exciting time for the pair of them, and I kind of w- wish both of them, whenever they do rock up, they're going to make a massive impact. Yeah, I, I do feel like if it weren't for the fact that it was very specifically I want to spend time with m- my children, Gargano would be going to Japan. I, I don't see him going anywhere else, really. Yeah. Fair. I mean, he, Fair. Could, he could definitely rock back up in Dragon Gate. Mm. Absolutely he could do that. Um... Okay, selfish choice though. Selfish choice though. Kyle O'Reilly just goes to Noah for a year. <laughs> oh yes. How can yes. you be a selfish when it's it? But it might it may be selfish then. It's also quite correct. Yes. So... It's just like it's just like he spent so much time in the E that he's just like nah, bun that. <laughs> I want to go boot some people in the chin. <laughs> As one should with Kyle O'Reilly's moveset. <laughs> nah, it's so... All the best to them is what I say. And yes, it'll be interesting to see the what the shape of NXT will look like going in to 2022. Uh, I mean, well, when we know the shape is Bron Breaker shaped. Well, I was going to say, here's, here's, my, here's my thing, right? Bron Breaker is arguably the most credible challenger for Roman Reigns right now. Yeah, as I mean, you, I mean, it sounds stupid, but I genuinely think that's the pathway for them. I can imagine? see that. Could you imagine? I, that? I, I, I genuinely think it is the most reasonable pathway within a year's time. The only way I would want to see it happen, though, is if is if the bloodline. Uh, has to face the Steiners. Lord. With Scott Steiner there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd have to make sure he's well away from Triple H, though, won't they? God. <laughs> At this point, Triple H is well away from the main company. <laughs> it's true. Get well soon as well, Triple H, as well. Get well soon. <laughs> but sit, but sit, but as well, stop being a coward for Scott Steiner. <laughs> as soon as you wait, as soon as you are well, pull the trigger on Steiner. <laughs> you know Triple the world H, wants Triple, it. Triple H is just there making his return to TV programming. He just hears "Holla" if you hear me, oh. and then just like, <laughs> Nah, I'm, I'm injured again. I'm unwell again, mate. I'll see you all. Oh later. no! <laughs> oh no! My pec tore again. <laughs> oh man no all jokes aside though i think you are right dan i mean it does look like they really are they are strapping the rocket to brum breaker as one should with a steiner yes. i stand i stand to be corrected <laughs> maybe here we go and it'll probably end up being uh i don't know duke hudson in next by the by this time next year who knows <laughs> Uh, what else do we have? What else has been going on in the world, in, in, according to WWE, anyway? I have no idea what's happening on Raw right now. <laughs> Raw exists? Yeah, it exists. Things are happening. <laughs> yes. I don't know what, but things are happening. Things are happening on SmackDown as well. Interesting I know, I know. Things, I was going to say, I know that Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn are about to release the best buddy cop movie since, like, what, Rush Hour 2? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Sami Zayn, fortunately in a wheelchair gimmick, not having to be... uh, uh, Being spared, I should say, the Zack Ryder spot. 
Um, yeah. Thank God he got saved. He got saved that spot. But uh, uh, Brock Lesnar in dungarees, he really is embracing that lumberjack look, isn't he? I said he's been going and living off his farm for like the last two years, and now he's just enjoying it and he's happy. He makes that one appearance on that butcher YouTube channel, and then suddenly, like, <laughs> he's fully embraced the lifestyle. Oh yeah, wrestler by day. Carver of beef by night. It just reminds me of that that image of just him holding the magazine, and I don't even know what the actual legit one was at was at first, but I just remember seeing one of him with a fishing magazine, and I was like, yeah, that seems right. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that that yeah, that sounds about right. That does sound about right. We got the debut of Z- uh, Zia Lee as well, and she came yeah. out looking like you know doing doing a full on Mortal Kombat intro. Yeah, completely, complete with special effects for her entrance. I shit you not. She had lightning bolts and like lens flares and explosions for all of her, like for her um choreography, on her way to the ring, coming shooting out of her hands, Reardon. As you do, as one does. See, the thing is, right, is that the 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 weird thing about it is that it's. Ex- How do I describe this? <laughs> it's the whole thing of knowing what came before and now. Yes. I know they're obviously connected. <laughs> but like, you look at it and you go, okay, but how? <laughs> I, Your guess is as good as mine with that one. <laughs> like, I'm still trying to kind of figure it out, but um, I'm almost there. So all of that, all of that, you know, torture, that waterboarding during NXT, all came to, you know, be the superhero origin story. It's like the Rajah Ghoul part of of Batman, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if I was gonna make a comparison to Batman, it would probably be that. Part. Uh, it's just a shame that WWE or Def Rebel didn't do a uh, a Mortal Kombat uh, ripoff. To be honest, I, I don't know how far you can go about getting sued on the Mortal Kombat song. Din 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 din. Like, I feel like whatever you do, the moment it becomes even vaguely recognisable as Mortal Kombat, you're gonna get sued. So <laughs> generic fighting. Do 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 do. That's about the best you're gonna get. I mean, you could. I'm, just, I'm still. I mean, I'm still upset, but we've still got time. That's all I was <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's oh. that's really it. In regards to AEW, though, some really cool Hell things yeah. have been happening in AEW, haven't they, Dan? Yeah. Really as, cool as I things. said to the guys, I spent the whole of yesterday catching up on the last two weeks of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, there's just, like, a whole load of really cool stuff going on right now. <laughs> uh And I guess I'd say the only the only real damper on stuff is just FTR and Lucha Brothers, just because they're just like locked in at this point. Yeah. And they've had, and that's the problem. I think. And like, let me just say, I don't think they work as well as AEW think they do. <laughs> they've had some decent matches for sure. They've I- had some decent matches, but they 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 can do better. Absolutely, they can. Um, but trying to run the mill of it. 
I don't think is helping either team's case. No. Um, I just hope that if they're going to have like another match, one and done, let this be the let this be the one that settles everything and give them give them a little bit more kind of I guess more freedom to play around. Mm. Play to their strengths. I say. really think that AEW need to introduce more tag teams into active title contention. Yeah, because I feel like it, it might be a symptom of the Bucks, where it's just like when the Bucks had the championships, they would always have just like three-month blocks of just facing one team and that's it. I don't even know if it's that. I think it might also be a symptom of the whole ranking system set up. Yeah. But like the well, like the biggest thing is it's just like it's FTR versus Lucha Brothers. Can we see someone like you know just see, just show someone else as like legit contenders or show someone else as interested in it? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Like, heck, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing like, the Varsity Blondes once in a while be in the tag team. Like that, that's, team all, that's all I want, really. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I want. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Jurassic Express maybe going up against the Lucha Brothers once for the title. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just something like that that I think could be the 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 next little bit for it. Yeah, two two point oh for the tag team goal. That's all I'm saying. Hell yeah! <laughs> but um, yeah, that 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 that's it. That's it. Really, we had the uh, the Diamond Dozen Battle Royale. Yeah, we saw Dante Martin um, turn on the Team Taz and do mm-hmm. a and do the old switcheroo, uh, the you know the bamboozling of Team Taz. Um, nice little uh, nice little uh, moment there. MJF, you know, having a hometown heroes pop and really playing to the crowd as well during yep. that moment. So he comes to tr- looks like what he's trying to save Dante Martin from Team Taz and Ricky Starks, but actually joins in in beating the crap out of Dante Martin. Fair yeah, play to I, MJF. I, I, I have to say that was probably some of MJF's better character work recently. I I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, just with the stuff like just like playing up to the crowd just when like someone gets eliminated but he had nothing to do with it yeah <laughs> and uh he there was a moment i honestly genuinely thought for a moment in his entrance that there was actually an actual moment where he, where he was like there was a moment of genuine uh, like an absolute genuine moment where he was like i like this this is awesome i'm getting cheered this is awesome i know it's like it genuinely was some some really really cool stuff Punk getting booed as well. Quite enjoyed that. And he knew oh, yeah. that he wasn't going to win them over, so just play to it. Why the heck not? Uh, play See, to I it, think, he I did. Think, I think that's the thing, though. That's what that's what I like about aspect of this presentation. It's been around in indie promotions for years, which is just that thing of, like, when you're going somewhere where you know it's going to be hostile, just don't bother with, like, the whole face heel stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because it, it's, like, the whole thing of, like, if you take someone to like a town or, or a town where you know that person's not going to be liked, then what's the point of trying to get them over with it? Yeah, because it's the, I mean we, we've known about this since like our since like our age. Remember when, when they had Brian ver- or Danielson versus McGuinness? Yep. 
They're just like, there's just no point bothering because we know the English fans are going to cheer for McGuinness. Yeah, yes. So what did Brian so do? Just, so just don't bother. He said he was. He proclaimed himself to be better than the Beatles in Liverpool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The man wants to die. <laughs> but he worked it. So no, I absolutely agree. Look, we're beating around the bush here a bit. Can we just talk about it? About the greatest, the most anticipated moment in professional wrestling history. He's gonna when he's gonna do something cool, and he did. <laughs> the debut of Hook. Look right. I'm just gonna lay this out of here, people. If you weren't already aware, the hype around Hook was ironic. It was not actually serious. Mm. It was fundamentally based in, huh? There's someone that's standing there and being intimidating. I guess it will be funny when he tries to wrestle. <laughs> and just having no basis of information for any reason. <laughs> yes. But just to say, it's going to be cool because we think so. Yes. And yes. that's literally it. That's literally <laughs> the only operative information that we had. Yeah. If all else fails, he's got a nice head of hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If all else fails, he will make a great ring manager. <laughs> but, uh... Man, was like honest to goodness. Like all jokes aside, from my part and from everyone else's part, Hook had a really good debut match. Mm. He had a genuinely good debut match. I mean, the crowd were really behind him because, of course, they were. I mean, oh, yeah. to give your, I mean, to give a guy who's just debuting the rights to an Action Bronson song shows you that they're they're going to invest in you just a little bit. <laughs> Something about knowing that Action Bronson and Taz are friends is like incredible. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, but no, he has like a guy that was in his debut going in there with someone like Fuego del Sol. Brilliant choice on the Booker's part. Mm-hmm. Um, and to keep it short and concise, good decision. Another good decision. Make sure you know what you're doing. Have your fundamentals there. Hook has his fundamentals down. He really does. Um, he's got he's got terrific fundamentals. He's he looks really smooth in that ring, going from you know changing you know in chain grappling and going from move to move. Yeah. So you reckon that's the the college wrestling or the college lacrosse experience i would say both because <laughs> both do require that tenacity if you've ever watched a lacrosse game um sorry to our american listeners i literally only know about lacrosse by other american media i know nothing else about it yes and the occasional PE lesson where they would bring that stuff out and like, what the hell is this? Uh, <laughs> no, all from a what few, I've heard... a few times in my few times on Clap and Common. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, from all what I've heard though, um, he was an absolute star lacrosse player as well. Actually, from what I've heard, D one. Um, For anyone that doesn't know, American college sports D one is like the highest rank you can play. I think. Yeah. He was right there with them, but no, you could definitely see that it was a debut match that he is just training because there was there were moments, you know, that he had to kind of you know, be like where both of them had to slow down so they could execute a move a little bit better and here and there. Um, 
But on no, but like the if that's the only gripe I have about it is that this was this was this guy's debut match and his timing was you know just a little bit slower than you know the average wrestler. Then that's the sign of a good debut, if you ask me. Yeah, but he did a really really cool hip toss takeover. Yes. <laughs> yes, and, and absolutely flattened him with the lariat. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of need. it's kind of amazing. Uh, a way to pop the crowd by doing the kata hajime. Now christen the red rum, which is inspired. Yeah, I, I I quite like that. I quite like that. But still, I still love the uh, the, the Excalibur with the kata hajime. <laughs> Look, you just have to at this point. Ah, oh, I bad. If only they had Joey Styles, you could definitely just hear him go kata hajime. <laughs> Dude, it's a shame the they height, didn't the call it the hook hajime. Everything. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm a little upset though that they haven't christened it the hook hajime. Yeah, I know, but to be fair, he's got so much other stuff that just looks great. The, the high crotch gut wrench. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> a spicy meatball. <laughs> oh, that was great. Nah, I've, I mean, where do you see hook? Kind of, you know, if he if he, you know, continues with it, I'm guessing he'll probably now now that he's kind of signed on as a wrestler, they'll probably stick him, you know, and, and gain more experience on dark elevation and dark and the occasional rampage match here and there. Where do you see dark, uh, Hook in, you know, in AEW? Okay, run with me on this one. Okay. In a couple months' time, Hook breaks Punk's undefeated streak. Ooh, that's... that's... If if they can keep it running for six months... What do you think? That's a very interesting question. That is a shout and a half. Because I did... did Say this to uh, one of the guys I was on over at uh, UWP, and I was saying obviously they need they still need to run at some point they need to run back Punk Moriarty, yes, with Moriarty getting the dub right. Mm-hmm. That needs to happen at some point. Oh yeah. Even if it's kind of screwy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Because it's either it's either I think it I think it's either that or or and I guess this is a little bit le- I mean it's it's much less blurred. <laughs> uh. Him and Ricky Starks have a match for the FTW. Mm. Just in terms of like they just want to have like a friend. It's not like it doesn't affect them uh, like Team Taz as a group. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, hey, we're both really good, so let's just have a match together. Hook gets the FTW right. <laughs> right. Ricky Starks obviously enters world title contention because he should. And then we just get a series of Taz just of uh, Hook just demolishing people. Yeah. 
<laughs> sounds about right to me. That sounds nice. <laughs> sounds good, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly feel with... Um, I feel Hook's going to be quite an important part for AEW. Alongside Guy, I feel like him, Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia and Willie Utah are going to be quite important parts of AEW in the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. They just, they seem like they are going to be, I I know, like, I know it sounds, maybe it's just like a, like a biased prediction for me, but I honestly do get the feeling that those, that those guys are going to be real important for AEW in the next couple of years. They may, may, a couple of them may even be in the main event picture by this time next year, I would say. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I think so. Don't quote me on that, that one. But no, uh, an important moment in the world of professional wrestling and one yeah. that I cannot wait to see the future of as it progresses into the new year. Oh, anything else, Dan? That we? Oh, yes, there actually is quite a... It's something we we ought to talk about, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So shall we? Shall we? Shall we get it out of the way? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is all I'm going to really, really say on the matter, which is that addiction is an incredibly complicated issue, <laughs> and that comes from both personal experience uh, and from the experience of people that I've spoken to that have gone through the process of it mm. of which I'm also going to say for a lot of people who don't know this world a lot of times you really don't realise that you are in it <laughs> until you like very literally have it spelled out for you Yeah, and it is very easy to fall back into multiple times like I know people think about like re- relapsing as this whole like oh you know you're tearing yourself up and you make a choice Whereas it is literally just as easy as you just are there and you aren't thinking for a second and then boom, you're just back into it. Mm-hmm. Like it is a whole, it is a lifelong thing. And so like I can say from myself, I straight up did not think of myself as being like that. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I was like, there is no issue. It's okay. I just happen to do this every time something like this happens, you know, it's whatever. It's not affecting you that much. Okay, yes, I had a couple situations where I had to go to work that I was a bit, you know. Mm. But I was like, you know, I'm out out with my friends or whatever, and it's okay. And then sitting there in in an office and then having having the person say to me, yeah, I think your behavior pretty much trends onto being an alcoholic. You're just like, you don't know how to respond to it. Because mm. again, you, you hear it and you go, well, I'm definitely not. Yeah. How, how, how can I be? And so like for all the people just being like, he refused, he refused the help. It may be just a genuine thing if he believes that he doesn't need that help. Mm. Obviously, there's some kind of issue. Yeah. What? I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on. It's not my place to. Mm. but just my hope is that he finds his peace in whatever way he needs to and in whatever space he needs to yeah. at least from what I've heard over this time he is doing well he's in a safe place he's getting whatever help he feels he needs 
I've never... That's pretty much where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I don't... I've never seen so much of an outpouring of love for Jeff quite like this one. If you know what I mean. There's been Mm. many... I mean, everyone... I mean, I think it's kind of like an unwritten... It's kind of like the unwritten fact of, of a wrestling fan is that just as much as sun sunrise and sunset, everyone our age freaking loves Jeff Hardy and the Hardy boys. Yeah. And from I mean, everyone it's, from it's like I said it's like I said to you guys, Jeff Hardy made us want to throw ourselves into tables. <laughs> yes. That's a level that's a level of love that can't be denied. And to uh, to quote uh, I, I believe it was Kristen from Tyler Joe who said Jeff Hardy is the greatest ambassador of the right of the white wrestling world to black wrestling fans. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Jeff's one of the Jeff is I gen, Jeff is genuinely one of the of the good guys. One of the guys you just want to see be happy and succeed and when this happens, you can't help but just feel for the guy and just want him to pull through and be Mm-hmm. well and happy and i just i sent all of the like the any kind of positivity i could muster and i think everyone else as well every wrestling fan is just throwing that towards jeff because we just all want to see him be well mm-hmm. and be happy um i just hope as well that he is and that i want that man to live i want him to live a long and happy life as well because that man deserves... He does deserve... He does deserve that. No, he does. After the after, after the insane career that he has had, he deserves to live a long and happy life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but no, nothing it's but love to you, Jeff. Nothing but absolute love from all of us here to you, Jeff. <sighs> Are we done with the news then with that, Dan? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Reardon, recommendation corner for this week. Do you have something for us, buddy? Ooh, recommendation corner, recommendation corner. (laughs) What is it that I have seen that I can recommend? (laughs) It's been a bit of a weird week. A lot of things have been going on. (laughs) So instead of that, I, for this holiday season, (laughs) will recommend... Two things. Hmm. One, a little reminder that Masters of the Universe Revelations <laughs> Part 2 is out. And if you want to see Mark Hamill be Mark Hamill, please watch it. It's great. <laughs> I also recommend that you do not play Mario Party this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> because if you do, you're one of your family members, or maybe multiple will be murdered and we don't want that it's just this generation's monopoly when you think about it yeah yeah absolutely which is exactly why me and my friends are playing it at new year's oh gosh <laughs> yeah none of that it's been nice knowing you dan that's all i said <laughs> when you take okay. someone's star it'll be yeah, nice all right. Knowing you, all right i'm built different i'm built different Oh, special shout out for me in the recommendation corner goes to the Matrix Awakens, the interactive tech demo that was uh, uh, re- uh, that was uh, released this week about showing off Unreal Engine Five. A 
an amazing bit of marketing by uh, partnering with uh, Lana Wachowski as well to show off a tech demo by using the Matrix universe. Because <laughs> there were, I, I don't know if you've guys seen it, there were parts where I've gone, I don't know if this is Keanu in front of a camera or if this is Unreal Engine 5 right now. I, I saw that I saw that first demo and I was, I was genuinely just like, I, this feels wrong, I can't tell. <laughs> We are now living, maybe, in the universe that the Matrix uh, told us to fear. <laughs> but no, absolutely, give it a look. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's gonna, it's, it's an insane look into the future of what games might look like, uh, especially mm-hmm. being powered on Unreal Engine Five. And um, well, maybe this might give people the inspiration, or might give uh, Lana the inspiration to give another developer a go at making a Matrix game. Possibly. <laughs> Mind you, Lana's been burned in the past by Into the Matrix yeah. and the Matrix Online, so maybe she's a bit apprehensive. We will have to. We have to find out where this new Matrix Renaissance takes us. It could take us in a thousand different ways. Ten days thousand... time. Ten days time as it's, of this recording. <laughs> as this recording, it's ten days time and I have my premiere tickets, so I will either be vibrating with <laughs> absolute joy or wanted for multiple murders and we're just going to flip that coin. We will see in ten days time. As long as we get some peak Keanu acting, mwah, I'm sold on the film. Anyway, with all of that, let us get on to the main portion of this episode. The best and worst pay-per-view stages in wrestling history. Gentlemen, let me pose a question to you. In your opinion, what makes an iconic pay-per-view stage? Oh, now this is a question. This is a fascinating question. <laughs> I, I'm quite glad that you that we decided to go for this one. Because with this one, it's like hmm. I think Oh god, this is so tough. This is one of the <laughs> toughest ones you yes. Dan, Dan, I, the floor is yours. I'm throwing <laughs> you under the bus here. I'm gonna go along the vein of I guess the vein that we always do, which is needlessly complicated and specific references to stuff that have no bearing on wrestling specifically oh yeah like for me it's always been like Um, you dare to be unique in the space of what you're working with because it's so easy to just throw up a ramp uh a net uh, a like a blackout curtain and like a, a lighting a square lighting rig it's easy to do that but the, when you go out the rail of the out of the box and do something that really shouldn't be seen at a wrestling show, I feel that's what really takes it up to another level. Well, yeah. So that was kind of kind of be my thing, which is doing doing things differently. But I guess the same as like uh, some films work and some don't. Which is that obviously, even though it's background dressing, it needs to be recognizable, yeah, and unique enough that it stands out on its own merit. Mm-hmm. Which will lead me to one of the things that I've chosen. 
basically, um, we're all talk. Me and Dan. What me and Dan are talking about is. We basically love WCW in the mid nineties. <laughs> well, is that it? It's the thing of, you know, if you're going to go to the effort of doing a pay per view, and you're going to go to the effort of theming it, and you're going to go to the effort of planning it, it should stand out. Mm. It should be noticeable about where it is and make it distinct. For the same reason that, like. You know, it, it's kind of the same thing I say about like the early Star Wars movies, which mm. is they all have a distinct look about them. Yeah. You know, they have a look and a feel, and it means that they don't end up just blending in. Same as Alien as well. Oh yeah. They have a look. They have something that says to me, "This is this movie," and I can't get it mistaken for anything else. <laughs> yeah. And I think that applies just kind of broadly across media. Yeah. That. You know, if you're having this set, make it big, make it bold, make it stand out. Make it the reason why you're spending your money on a pay-per-view was worth it. Yeah. (laughs) So, Reardon, have you fought? Have you fought? Have you fought long and hard? (laughs) Uh, The funny thing is, actually, I have fought about the best... The worst was actually kind of interesting, and I've had to do some research a little bit. Mm. And, dear Lord, some of these things are fuck terrible. <laughs> some of them are, like, looking back at oh, yeah. some of the stages in the past, especially for a certain time with a certain company, they were ugly. And this was at the peak yeah. of their, um, like, popularity as well with this certain company. Oh, yeah. So, shall we, what would we like to start with, gentlemen? Should we talk about the best... Or should we talk about the worst first? Mm. I think we will... Let's just get it out of the way, because I'm very intrigued. And so I can see some of these. Let's go for the worst. Let us go for the worst. Let's start Let's start off with the worst one, then. Get the, get, the, get, the, get the bad out of the way first, and then we can mm-hmm. gush about what we like. So... We're going to just do a round table and then we're just going to discuss it. And if you guys want, I could send you as well during this, like the reference pictures of the certain arenas that I've chosen as well. Oh, please do. So I'm going to start out with mine. It might be a controversial decision for a lot of people, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to start with a very recent one. And that one is WrestleMania 35. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. a giant LED screen. That was it. Yeah. That was so, it's the for me personally, it's one of the most uninspired WrestleMania stages of all time. And I'm even including the the WrestleMania 1 where there was no set design and it was just the uh, the Madison Square Garden uh, entrance. Mm. Yeah. I can understand that. I I kind of well, look, should I should I should I should I just jump on top of this one? Go ahead. <laughs> because it kind of bleeds into what I've done. So we're going through the worst, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so... My... I don't even know if these are actually numbered or any ranked in any kind of way. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to pretend that they are, and actually it means I'm jumping to my actual just least favourite one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, bear with me on this. <laughs> Just basically, most 
if not all pay-per-view stages from like that main bulk of the universe era oh crumb yes where they literally were just like the raw set <laughs> yeah that's one of the and, most ugliest sets i've ever seen and it's not even that they're ugly it's just there's no effort yeah because I mean, think... there, there, there's nothing to it there's nothing that i look at it and i go oh okay this is the pay-per-view i guess i'm really kind of mainly thinking around that kind of 20 like that kind of 2009 to like 2014 ish yeah you know, like when they start introducing pay-per-views like fatal four-way and all of that yes i just used to look at them it's like that's just the raw set but with like a big four on it yeah it was it was definitely it was i would say it was really like they put no effort as soon as they went and made they migrated from standard to high definition cameras because yep. they changed yeah. the sets immediately when they did when they went to high def um because apparently in high def the the old raw set and the smackdown fist set looked ugly as sin i i tend to beg to differ on that i imagine that they still would probably they probably would have just had to give it a coat of polish and they probably would have still looked quite nice but uh, that's just me uh. but um no i agree with you it was a it uninspired i think's the word yeah, with the, with it's, the... that, it's that thing of like the worst thing is not trying at all. Yeah, mm. yes. <laughs> oh, speaking. A... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, it's a funny one with that um, LED screen. I got to think because I've been thinking about it, and it's like I almost, almost like. 5% disagree, but that's only because, like, the actual animations on said screen were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can agree with on that one. There were some really good um, motion graphics on that one. Uh, I'll yeah. actually give a shout-out as well to Kofi's entrance uh, mm-hmm. for the uh, for his match against uh, uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I kind of... I feel like the, like what they had, they kind of got away with it, but I understand why you didn't like it very yeah. much. So. Speaking of uninspired, great balls of fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my Again, God. Again, it, it suffers from the same symptom. It did, yeah. It absolutely mm. did, because it does look like the raw, tw- uh, the raw stage. Uh, but they just uh, they just threw a couple of the flaming dodgeballs at it, and that was it. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Oh man, that was that one was. Oh, I, I dread not to figure that yeah. thing because it still makes me chuckle. Can you make, do you remember that I was main evented by Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe? Yeah, that's a that should have been the hypest match in all of human history. <laughs> On great balls of fire, though, Reed. <laughs> True. Mm. So, Reardon, what 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 are some of your worst? What are some of your worst, sir? Ah, one, some of my worst, some of my worst. You know, there's one that sticks to my memory, or, well, perhaps shouldn't. (laughs) And that, we'll go for my worst, personally. We'll just go straight for my worst, because I know it all too well. And that is WrestleMania 18. Yes. The scaffolding stage. The scaffolding stage that basically just looks like 
every time I went to my house when my mum had the builders around. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. It's like it's just scaffolding. I don't even know how to. If if viewer, if, if listener, if you have not seen this, it type in WrestleMania 18 stage. That's X8 because. Mm. Because, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but it is. It's just like it looks actually unfinished. Mm. Like they, like they need to put the like the actual decorations on top of it, and they never no, bloody did. I always got the feeling with X Eight that they were trying to emulate the grandiose nature of the last year's stage, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah, trust me, we'll get to on the next section when we talk about best ones. But they just felt it was very half-arsed, mm. if you know what I, I mean. The biggest thing is it tried to look, like, almost grungy, which you can't do in a big arena. <laughs> yeah, especially especially in the, in, in the Toronto Superdome. Like, that's a big old arena, that is. Uh, no, absolutely agree with you on that one. When it comes to my one, it's a real obscure one, as as my my old as my my absolute worst one. But the one that always sticks out for me is No Mercy two thousand. Oh lord! I swear okay. to God, No Mercy two thousand has looked like they just took some corrugated sheet metal, put it at the bottom, and stuck two television screens on top of it. That wasn't the one where the tunnel was really small, was it? Let me just show you a picture of it. I'm going to show it to you here right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that one. It's the, It's one of the most ugliest things I have ever seen WWE do. It's, I don't even know what I'm looking at here with that. Uh, what you're looking at is you're looking at the temporary buildings that used to be our school, but they stayed there for like 15 years. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Oh, oh man. Shit, bro, you're right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Oh, God. <laughs> also, as well, can I just say, WrestleMania 2000s was one of the most yeah, underwhelming stages as well. It's bad. Mm. WrestleMania it's bad. 2000 was so, so average for for a wrestlemania it was exceedingly average i think it was just what wasn't it just one um one led screen right in the center of the earth uh, from the kind of like the entrance part to enter from gorilla and it was just two um it was two bits of scaffolding with two kind of like long screens there as well that would just flash the uh, wrestlemania 2000 logo yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I know the one you mean. It's, I mean, granted, it gave us the triangle ladder match. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. That was a fantastic match at WrestleMania. But it True. was not, it was such an uninspired WrestleMania stage. Such an it's uninspired a, one. It's, oh, uh, God, yeah, it's so awful. I'm thinking as well, though, right? Because you mentioned WrestleMania X8. Mm. Yes. Didn't they... Didn't they do that same design again for another one? I think it was Judgment Day that they did this, the, the, the exact same design. It was like design. 2003 or something. It might have even been 2002, the same year. It was like, yeah, like 02 or 02 to 04. Let me just have a look and, and Check, see. Because I, I, I distinctly remember that being there again. <laughs> 
I mean, why anyone thought to do it twice is an even bigger matter. Oh my god, no, it was 2003 and holy... It's even more... I, 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 I forgot about it. It's even more scaffolding than WrestleMania X8 was. <laughs> Feast it's... your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. On this. What we oh my lord. You ever just wanted more scaffolding? Just more. Welcome to London on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> God, it looks like one of those. It looks like one of those. Um, I can't remember what game it was where you like pull out one of the sticks and it all collapses. Not Ka Jenga, oh, the other Ka one. Kaplunk. Ka yes, Ka it looks like Kaplunk. <laughs> oh shoot, bro, you're right. Just, oh no. Also, can we give special consideration? Probably one that most people have forgotten about. But one that always sticks in my mind. Cyber Sunday 2008, when it was just a giant Blackberry phone. <laughs> yeah, oh god. Oh I... no. Jesus. Yeah, I remember that. And they I came out that. of the bottom of the Blackberry phone because it opened up. <laughs> it's one of the most bizarre you ideas. When the, you remember when the Blackberry was like the height of technological innovation? I remember hearing, no, I remember hearing my Blackberry broke again, constantly. Yes! Yes! Uh, so, those are some of my, that's some of my worst ones. Do you guys have any ones that kind of, that, that, oh, that, that definitely deserve special mention? My, my one is, um, this, it, it, this seems to be a broad category, but I have to put it on because I hate it. I've always hated it and I always will. The tunnel, mm -hmm. just just the tunnel, and when I'm I'm going to put a picture in because you got to know exactly what I mean when I show you. Are we talking about new I... generation WWF as well? Are yeah. we talking about the Attitude Era one? Because they used that in '98. They used that, if I remember correctly, for um, Royal Rumble, No Way Out, and WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's but... just look at it. It is. I, a lot of people say that that's one of the best. A lot of people think that's one of the best. Honestly, really, I don't know. I don't particularly no. like it. Is it because uh, they wanted to make that a universal set design for all of the pay per views? But because it was so kind of not well received by fans, they kiboshed it quite quickly. Don't know how people could like that. It's just a fucking circle and a steep ramp. May I add as well? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get how people could just like that. I think it's because it's attached to a couple like nostalgic WrestleManias. Mm. I, I guess, but like, it, like it, it, it's at, it, it, it's what I call Attitude Era attacks. <laughs> <laughs> stuff mm. in the Attitude Era has lots of nostalgia attached to it, so people look back on stuff very fondly, even if it wasn't the best. True that. I mean, yeah, I've got a couple. Um, so, seeing as we're talking about WrestleMania, so we can talk about two, which I'm just say I personally despise the WrestleMania 9 set. Right. See, a lot of They're people like the Caesar's Palace aesthetic. Caesar's they... Palace aesthetic. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Just executed badly. <laughs> they, made the wear like... tog they made the commentary team wear togas. It's and a... It I don't know. It it looks like it looks like something from a Richard Burton movie. <laughs> JR's WWF oh W yeah WWF debut was in a toga at WrestleMania night. 
WrestleMania Nine stage is odd in that I understand exactly what you mean, but it somehow kind of works for me. It shouldn't, and yeah. I get why you hate it. I, I don't know. I think there's also the thing of knowing as well, like it's both too small and doesn't quite occupy the space it needs to. <laughs> yeah, there's so much dead space around it. That it doesn't feel like there's enough people around it, even though the the space is like filled to capacity. Yeah. Mm. Um, not to say wrestling in outdoor arenas is bad. It really isn't. It can be pretty damn great sometimes. <laughs> Let's uh, never WrestleMania take a... Nine doesn't hit, and maybe again, I'm also being hit with WrestleMania Nine tax because I remember it being a bad WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I it just really doesn't go for me. I also had WrestleMania Thirty Two. Yeah, yeah. Just because um, AT and T Stadium is just bloody mahusive, <laughs> and the problem with that is everything else needs to be bloody mahusive to fit into it. But it just leaves everything feeling really, really both way too big and yet tiny. Yes, it's a very odd stage, isn't it? Like so... it's just everything is just massive. Mm. The longest like, AJ because... Styles entrance I've ever seen. Because <laughs> everything is just bloody massive. You just don't know what to do with the amount of space you have. Yeah. And just for me, it really, really doesn't work. I don't know. It It's just like, I get what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Everything's bigger in Texas, plan. as they say. I understand what the plan was, but like, just, oh my God, it was just... Um, it was just a mess. Uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> it just really, really was a mess. <laughs> agreed. But I, also have, I also have No Mercy two thousand one on there as well. As soon as you mentioned No Mercy, yes, yes, but... it was just draped curtains, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, was just, it was just <laughs> draped curtains. <laughs> Great design. The great design, guys. Let's go home. We spent all the money. We spent all the money making this invasion try to work, but nope. <laughs> oh, and the XFL. Let's not forget that they wasted their money yeah. at the same year with the XFL. <laughs> oh, that's got to be an episode in the future, hasn't it? We got to watch the really? we got to watch the two thousand one season of the XFL. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Because we are gluttons for punishment. Uh, let's get on then. Let's go on to the best ones. Because this is going to be the bulk of our conversation on this one. And uh, Basically for mine and Dan's sake. Should we just have a WCW section <laughs> to start off? Yeah. Go on Dan. Come on. Let's talk about Halloween Havoc 1998. Yeah. It's yeah. The most, one of the most iconic WCW stages of all time. And for bloody good reason. Remember what I said about being distinct and being memorable? What's more yeah, memorable? A giant, a giant fucking bat person holding a holding a pumpkin with the pay-per-view logo name carved into it is a pretty good way to get over the fact it's Halloween. Yes. <laughs> tombstones everywhere and two giant tombstones for the for the video screens, for the Tron screens, and just the added benefit of having a smoke machine just kind of like on the floor as well. It's just like, I love this so much. 
And one of the Easter eggs, if you have a look at the tombstones, is uh, one of them is a tombstone for Elvis. So I like that. I just like people were throw- the set designers were throwing Easter eggs into the design. In WCW, uh, Elvis is canonically dead. <laughs> and canonically, so is, and so is Snickers. Yeah, the Snickers branding. I love what I love about this. Just the, the the little thing. It's just the Snickers branding everywhere. <laughs> On the screens, on the pumpkin, on the ring, on the on the lower thirds as the guys were coming out. It's just Snickers. They just really want that for some reason. But I don't know. It just just seeing Snickers on the pumpkin just adds a charm that I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> oh no. I I just love it. And the fact that they kept it for two more years after that as well shows you how much they knew that design was flippin' iconic. They got it right. They got it right indeed. Can I give a shout-out to Starcade 97 as well Mm -hmm. for me? It's a very basic design. It's just a Roman pillars with the big Starcade logo right on the back with a uh, black blackout curtain draped across it but i think for me what makes it iconic is it's probably that set design that has sting's greatest entrance yeah it's the georgia dome it's sting wrestling for the first time in 16 months it's the lights it's the theme song it's the lightning sound effects it's the crowd losing their goddamn mind that sting is finally stepping up and facing hogan I think a combination of all that, it kind of wins, wins, wins me over so much for it being kind of not the most, you know, unique set or the most intricately designed one. But I just think because it's so iconic to one of Sting's greatest entrances, I can't not put it in my yeah. best. No, you're there. I mean, I had also uh, Bash at the Beach 96. Yes. So oh, I had that. I love Bash at the Beach stages. But 96 was its own was its own beast, and I loved it. Loved it it's so much. It's just taking everything to the nth degree and it just going crazy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's my WCW section. <laughs> Out golden out of the way. So let's get let's get back. Let's get back to now the wider scale of everything. Now that we've got the most obvious ones out of the way. Let's start with Reardon. What are some of your favourite stages, buddy? Um off the top of my head, I adore WrestleMania 30's stage. Yes. Yeah. Just You're not wrong. It's gorgeous. It's I just something about sometimes three X's with the like like with intricately designed to a third delay it's just like yes i love that and i appreciate it we're in louisiana so let's just let's just do it yeah (laughs) you know what i mean they just go straight for it and it works so well Mm. and i've always just it's just and it's just like and it's not only that but the the um the lighting rig they have on it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, they do so much of it. Yeah. And it just goes so, so crazy with it that it just, it and, like, they use it. It's just an amazing set. Really well 
integrated into the actual stadium. I just, I just really like it. I always have. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and that's not because Brian wins at WrestleMania, but I think, no, I think it it's, helps. It helps. It certainly helps. I think they kind of... I kind of feel like maybe that's why they stopped numbering WrestleManias after that. Is because they peaked with the numbered WrestleManias by having the 3X design for the set. I believe that. I would believe that. <laughs> Talking of WrestleManias, 23 and 24 is the first time I feel like they kind of did a 1-2 of like a really good yeah. set designs in a row. Yeah, I would agree with so you I, Yeah, so I had... I had 24 down. I Obviously, WrestleMania 23 is very dear to my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I went with 24 because, like, just in terms of scale, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, like, oh, my God, that it, it just works together perfectly for where they were as well. Absolutely. Miami, wasn't it? Miami, yep. Citrus Bowl. Or the Camping World Stadium, as it's now called. But they won't call. But WWE won't call it that. They'll still call it the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> Just can't do it, can they? No, it's a trem. art oh, it's such. Again, that twenty four has a little bit of a close place in my heart, and that set design has a lot to do with that. It's mm. tremendous set design, and it does feel very much like I don't know. It feels very much like eighties Ocean View Miami building. Like Miami architecture, like you would see that on the like on the beachfront of the, of Miami. Yeah, no, it 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 just works. Everything you need to do. Yes, 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 and 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 Char- and and the, and the extra ra- long ramp for Charles Robinson to run down is always a bonus, in my opinion. <laughs> just booking it, absolutely booking it. Come on, guys, let's talk about WrestleMania seventeen. I mean, <sighs> well. What can we say? Hey, what is there left to say about it, really? Man, the first show that they had back in a stadium since, I believe, probably would have been WrestleMania... WrestleMania 7. Yeah. So it had been 10 years of them doing the smaller venues. And this is, you know, this is there. This is off the boom period. As I said, the previous week, they had just you know, acquired WCW. ECW has just gone out of business. They're the sole game in town. You know, what a way to do it than have it at the Reliant, you know, Reliant Stadium. And what, I mean, it's for all intents and purposes, it's not the most intricate one. But I think because it's just so iconic with the two big old banners saying WrestleMania X7, the giant screen on top, the LED screen at the bottom with the set design and on occasion during the matches would show the faces of the competitors in the ring. It's, it is it is beauty and simplicity. Exactly. Exactly. And there we go. That's that's really all I have to say about that. I mean, following on that same vein, I have I have Royal Rumble 2000. Yes. Yes. The taxi on like top it, of the entranceway. Like, it's just really simple because, like, you know, there's only so much you can work with in Madison Square Garden. Yes. But just straight up, just making it like a New York alleyway is an inspired choice of design. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks so good. Everything is, like, really, really cramped together, but, like, that's really good for what you want. Mm Mm-hmm. I've always felt that them using, when they always had rumbles 
or matches <clears throat> uh, or events at the garden, using that entranceway, I've always felt was a much more kind of striking look. And it's iconic to, 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 to WWF and the garden in its history because back when they ran garden shows, they would use that as the entranceway. Yeah. Yeah. I think it I... all comes I think it all comes together as well. And obviously everything obviously there being barely any walkway has its own kind of merit to telling stories as well. Hmm. Speaking of which, I gotta do uh, our one which I've always liked and always thought that like it shouldn't work and yet doesn't, is um on that same view, Royal Rumble two thousand and eight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is probably the single most simplistic one that we've talked about, but that simplicity is key, mm. and it's just and just the shortness to the ring. It just everything feels a little more compact in a good way. Like yeah. uh, like, and I can imagine like of all of all the pay per views, that probably be the one to best watch as just an attendee. Yeah. Because you probably get your money's worth because wherever you wherever you sit, it's just quite small. I agree on that one for sure. That one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Something about as well the visual of um, there being no guardrail uh, yeah. in the walkway, so you saw kind of like the fans, like like the whole full body of the fans, and especially in that moment where uh, Sean, uh, no, not Sean Michaels, uh, sorry, John Cena returned, I should say. Um. Uh, and and just the the fans almost bouncing off the walls to see him return. Uh, and it was because if, if I remember rightly, it was a very quick return. He returned a lot sooner than people thought he would, and that's why people were going nuts about it. It's a great visual, and again, a really nice set design. <laughs> um. Oh gosh, guys, can I talk about King of the Ring two thousand and one and two thousand and two? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I love this set. The giant electric chair <laughs> that you would climb on in SmackDown, shut your mouth and fight upon it and throw your opponent off it. Of course. Uh, of course, you know, it bears repeating that that is the set that Kurt Angle threw Shane McMahon through the glass <laughs> panel with. But there's something just, I just, something about it. Again, it's just the uniqueness of having a giant kind of like thrones come electric chair as the set and then they go through the bottom of it like the legs of it it's just again the set designer was just on top form there with that one big chair big chair energy on that one loved that stage oh for me one of my favorites not a lot many people talk about but one of my personal favorites is armageddon 2002 interesting this was the one i'll show you actually a little quick picture of it this was the one that had the giant kind of anarchy symbol at the top oh wow yeah and had just it was nothing but flames basically at the bottom yes Anything with pyrotechnics, I go, oh, shiny. <laughs> no, understandable. Fire. This is also where it had a really good match between Shawn Michaels and Triple H as well. Um, but no, I really like this set design. Personally, I think there would have been better if they, although it would have been an absolute fucking safety hazard, is get that right in the middle, right at the bottom. Yes. That would have been sick okay. as hell, but it would have 
Someone would have gotten hurt. Consider the following, up. though. Set the A on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Again, horrific safety hazard. Yes. Would it been mm-hmm. the sickest thing in all of history? Yes. <laughs> oh man. So what's again? Let's let's whittle down our uh, our our lists of some of our uh, of our favourites. Then, guys. Yes. So I'm gonna be going for. I'm gonna go for. Hmm. What am I gonna go for? What am I gonna go for? Good question. Really. <laughs> um, I think. I think. Royal Rumble 2008 is number three. Simple but effective and works for the great yeah. John Cena moment. Go for... Yeah. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get hit for this, but I don't care. Uh, WrestleMania 17 for number two. WrestleMania 30 for number one. Yeah. No, you're you're valid. You're, you're valid on that. Like, I don't think there's anything. I mean, to to really go for it, um, I did also want to give a shout out to SummerSlam 2000 and also 2002. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had Backlash 2000 on there. Oh, Backlash 2000. Let's talk about the pendulum. The, uh, the pendulum the hooks. hooks. Um, I mean, we spoke about Backlash 2000 before. Yes. How much we absolutely love it. Um, it's it's great. Uh. And I just really like it. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of WrestleManias I could do. I want to give a shout out to WrestleMania 21. Mm-hmm. I I do like the Hollywood stage. There again, that's another one that does have a bit of a soft spot in my heart. I know we had one really bad Cyber Sunday, but Cyber Sunday 2007. Yeah. With the, mm. with the big PC tower. I don't know. It got a rise out of me. <laughs> I always the liked Titan with Tron, um, the like an Iron Mac was like a, a whole thing yes. I didn't like, but what I always liked when they did with the ramp and the stage is that they had the giant keyboard on there, but they always yeah. replaced the QWERTY with with Q W W E T Y. I know it's a it's a crime, frankly, <laughs> but <laughs> why do I have two W's on this keyboard? I mean, but yeah, I mean, number one, I have Halloween Havoc. Yeah. For me, it probably goes Halloween Havoc, WrestleMania 30, and uh, Royal Rumble 2000. Fair. Uh, Very, very fair. So to end this one, kind of wrap this all up, what are... Are there any modern day stages from any wrestling company right now that's running that you kind of have liked the look of or one that's always stuck in your mind as I really liked the look of that stage? Um hmm. I mean it's not a it's not a stage per se, and it's kind of a tough thing to describe because obviously the the aspect it has to follow is completely different. But I have always kind of liked the I like the Wrestle Kingdom stages. Yeah, that was going to be my mm. that, my yeah, one. Yes, they are they are very dramatic, but yeah. obviously each one is kind of more. It's all very tailored. It's not like Wrestle Kingdom has a stage theme. It's Wrestle Kingdom is Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And then people do their entrances or whatever, and everything's designed to fit for that. Mm-hmm. 
I'm right um, there, yeah. So that that's obviously one thing. Um, and I guess the thing is, no other company relatively recently has really been able to to match up to that aspect of presentation. I mean, like in all fairness to AEW, but most of their stages have kind of been the the concept for the Dynamite stage. Yeah, if there's one, I guess because, you know, it was their debut and this was their kind of that their grand unveiling yeah. of everything, I would, I would say that Double or Nothing 2019 is one that sticks out to me. Yeah. yeah. It does, it does. Um... I mean, to be fair, in amongst all of this, I could have given a shout out to maybe like one or two of the TNA ones, but like TNA, they kind of worked on the formula of we have a basic idea that's really cool and we're just not going to mess with it. Mm. Yeah. Because we said before, the TNA like main stage concept is in the, as in like the two tunnels on either side is fucking great. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. And when they changed that to just the kind of the square Titantron and the air of stuff that Impact has now, it hasn't really been the same. Mm. I feel like the spirit of that may kind of lives with AEW with the two tunnels on the yeah. same stage. But nothing kind of beats the two dueling stages <laughs> for the faces and heels. <laughs> um, any other kind of modern day ones... I feel like, as as I feel like, you know, ever since kind of like the advent of of light emitting diodes, I feel like every single one has kind of just been using nothing but LED screens. Now it's yeah. kind of built around that. I guess you could it... say the the WrestleMania um, that they went back to Camping World Stadium, the one with the roller coaster aesthetic and the giant globe. That I was mean, a nice striking one. But here here here's an offer though. Mm. the recent NXT takeovers which emulated the previous ones I, I agree on that I, one I'm always a little hesitant to to giving the NXT takeover ones that because I feel like mm. I should just give the original ones that well, so yeah, we're giving it to I mean, in your house and, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, give it, we, yeah. give, we give it to the original pay-per-views they came from but like kind of trying to keep them updated for semi-updated for for modern stuff Mm. yeah i think i think is is a fair one to say but obviously playing on nostalgia it's not an original idea so (laughs) so so it's very hard to very very hard to just give it give it slack i feel like maybe 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 the maybe the art and appreciation for it is gone Mm. i i mean we i mean to be fair we did also have the the well, both WrestleManias at Raymond James. Yeah. Though I would argue that the pirate theme wasn't utilized enough. No. I agree. On yeah, both counts from the Performance Center and at Raymond James Stadium. <laughs> so that's like one thing to do with it. Um, and obviously most of the pay-per-views, at least in recent years beyond that, have kind of felt pretty bland the biggest thing to come with it is people unveiling new gear yeah yeah it seems to be like obviously obviously the pc the the pc pandemic era is whatever there's nothing you can really do of course yeah but um yeah i don't know i feel like maybe maybe the 
the appreciation isn't quite the same anymore. It's a weird, yeah, I do, you're, it's interesting you mention, like, um, new gear, specialized gear, kind of taking over for that, mm. which actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I am, um, but I don't know, I think, I think, like, the next big evolution in terms of staging, especially with LEDs, is coming. It's just going to take that one guy to figure it out. Mm. Like, well, because WWE's all in on those weird hologram things, which are terrible. <laughs> augmented <laughs> reality. Yeah, they have not cracked that at all, they and it's going to be a one big bronze AR <laughs> Roman Reigns in my face. They really are going to just shove that, that down our throats, aren't they? The bronze Roman, the horrifying Becky Lynch one. Oh, oh yeah. not the Becky Lynch one. <laughs> That's a crime. <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know that i feel like there's more that can be done mm. i feel um i feel like like the stuff they would do for jinder mahal was was kind of like the very closest to an idea that just hasn't happened yet mm, yeah. because I, I i do feel like actual like the ramp leds is where we're gonna start seeing the really cool shit they yes. just they just haven't done it yet. Well, because yeah, because they started doing the thing where they were like, "We're gonna add like a Titantron to the ramp." Mm. But then again, most of them weren't that good, and were just the wrestler's name or a blo- or a block color. Yeah, which I'm kind of like, guys, mm. come on, come on, guys. <laughs> I can think of a thousand things you could do for that. <laughs> Looping background, generic fun, perfect. <laughs> Because the the coolest ones were just the ones which were just a rolling smoke effect, mm. which is a really low bar. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which is why I'm like, come on, guys, this shouldn't be too much rocket science. Someone figure this out. <laughs> so you think that's probably going to come from either WWE or AEW? You think the next kind of like big step in uh, in in set design? Well, yeah, I think I think the big the the next big step is AEW kind of... Well, I, I, think, I, think, I think AEW making that step, moving away from the formula for their main four, mm. is, is one part of it. I, I feel like the terms of evolution going for is Wrestle Kingdom does something cool, AEW, because of their links to, like, Japanese wrestling and everything, like, yeah, we'll try some of that. And then WWE's going goes, oh, we better do that because we have the money to make that, like, huge in a way that you, that they can't top. I feel like that's that's how it gets seeded in. Yeah. It, it, it needs... Because here's, here's the thing I'd say for each one. Mm. WWE, they need to get back... You know, they need to go back to the roots, but develop those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas AEW needs to find its roots. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I said, don't be afraid to think outside the box, I'd say, for AEW. Because as much no. as I really like that stage, and it's it's done them well, I'd say, don't be afraid to go, let's try something different for one of I these pay-per-views. Like, like, double or nothing... Just go all in on the on the on the playing card feed. 
Oh yeah. Just make just it as casino like, as possible. <laughs> before gear, I literally don't care if you just cut out a section of gear and <sighs> stick it behind the and stick it behind the Tron. Mm. Like just do that, make it static, don't make it move or anything, just stick it so it looks like it's behind the Tron. Make sure make sure it can lift up when Cody does his stuff. I was gonna say, even if it means sacrificing Cody's special entrance way. <laughs> Uh, Cody won't give that up. <laughs> that, that that's for true. That's like for that, tr- that's it. That's it. Really, just like obviously they they make their stuff feel important in a very different way, which is by only having the four. Mm. But just just go just go in with it. I mean, again with 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 Impact, it's just try and take it further. But to be fair, with Impact they've reached a steady point now, so I don't really think they need to. Yeah. Hmm. And everyone else is out there doing it in their own unique ways. I mean, at this point, the only evolution for someone like a GCW is having more celebrities involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what the Hammerstein Ballroom show is going to be like. Especially if, you know, if, uh, you know, that Twitter exchange uh, with AJ Gray is going to be happening. Dude, we need it. <laughs> we need it we need it so bad um so i think i guess you know with with wrestling being having such a good boom year that has been 2021 i think i think maybe in the next couple of years we'll definitely see i definitely think we'll see more kind of more inspired looking set designs sooner rather yeah. than later yeah yeah i'd agree with that i, I feel like like we're just waiting for it to finally hit and then once it hits it'll be like wow yeah so i want the big massive poker chip tony for double or nothing next year you hear me that's literally it that's literally it that's all that's just the first step (laughs) a giant poker chip and then if anyone tries and captures that it rolls after them Oh, so with that, that is wrapping up our best and worst pay-per-view stages. Nice casual one. I liked having a little chat about that and just going over some of our favourites and least favourites. It was nice. It's casual chaps. Simple. Effective. Always works. Just like a set design. Eh. <laughs> Terrible. I'll see myself out. No, actually, no. Not before I actually <laughs> tell people what we're doing next week. Oh, man, we've got a doozy next week. I'm looking forward to this. So, on the week of my birthday, gentlemen, we are going to be doing another pay-per-view review. I know this one I'm very excited about because we are going to be reviewing the TNA Christmas Impact episode from 2008. Uh, this is going to be... give you what you want. This is going to be fascinating to behold. This is a thing of goddamn beauty. A thing of goddamn beauty in all of the Vince Russo ways we know possible. (laughs) And may I just say, I'm so happy that Impact put this whole show for free on their YouTube channel because it needs to be seen to be believed. (laughs) So it's gimmick matches are plenty. We'll see Kurt Angle trying to get into his festive spirit, and we will see AJ Styles in a reindeer suit. But that's all for next week. 
Until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. As ever, we will see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.